0: As the worlds of culture, storytelling, and technology collide, so too do the best and brightest minds within them. Welcome to Select Conversations, a podcast series brought to you by United Masters.
1: This episode features a conversation on the importance of curation in today's increasingly
0: fragmented media landscape with senior artist relations manager at Genius, Uh Mikey Yee, editor-in-chief of Complex, Maurice Peebles, Head of Hip-Hop and R&B at Apple Music, Ebro Darden, and Manager of Programming and Curation at Vivo, Mika Sunga. Hey, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Are you looking for a great option to bank or invest? Ally Financial is a leading digital financial services company with passionate customer service and innovative financial solutions. They are relentlessly focused on doing it right. And being a trusted financial services provider to both customers and communities. Get with Ally to make the most of your money so you can save, invest, and spend on the things that matter to you. Go to ally.com for more information. That's A L L Y dot com.
1: What's up, everyone? It's Mikey Fresh from Genius.com. Um, I'm honored and proud to be here with SelectCon presented by United Masters. Today, we're here for the panel discussion, Curation is Key. Um, I have three very special guests with us today. Marius Peoples, uh, Editor-in-Chief at Complex, Ebro Darden, the Global Editorial Head of Hip-Hop and R&B, at Apple Music, and Mika Sanga, the Manager of Programming and Curation at Vivo. Welcome, y'all.
0: Hey, what's going on, man? Mike going Mikey.
1: Mikey.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, first of all, once again, I just want to thank you guys all for being here, um, you know, it's been a rough year for everybody, obviously, but we're here to hopefully give some game and give some insight into the curation world and music. Um, there's a lot of up-and-coming artists, producers, and even you know content producers th- themselves tuned in. And hopefully we can just give them some game and some advice on how to really build up that fan base. So first of all, I just want to say, man, um, curation is is a word that we hear so much in the digital music world in 2020. But for you all, like, how would you define... Curation and what it is to be um, a content curator uh, we, we could start with uh, Maurice
2: uh, thanks Mikey um, yeah, that's a big one man uh, curation um, at least in, in my eyes is, is a lot of times the the why behind things and um, really the the scales the purpose I guess for a lot of the content we create and I think for any content creator out there um, is a core value and something that uh, along the path we need to consider. Um, immensely from, from jump to end. Um, you know, for us, you know, we don't just cover music. We cover any number of verticals. We've got a, a, a ton of different channels, you know, pitches and planes, first We fees, soul collector, etc. Um, and curation allows us to grow those smaller audiences to, you know, raise all boats and, and increase the larger pie. So without that curation, you know, we'd be confusing and <laughs> angering fans all over the place with like sneaker content the foodies and vice versa so um, you know probably a long-winded answer but obviously um, without curation you're going to confuse a lot of your audience and so i'll start there and just say for us it's 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 the why and eliminating that inherent confusion that just comes with like a mass of random content definitely and mika you you know you're actually
1: the manager of programming at curation at vivo um you have curation (laughs) in your title so for you like just, just break, break down what curation means to you and uh, maybe some of your, your daily res- responsibilities at Vivo. Oh, yeah.
3: Um, so I am the person that handles all of the hip-hop and R&B, um, reggae dance hall, um, and soca, and Afrobeats, and all that great stuff. So for me, curation is a little different. Like I am being sent like videos all day, and what I do is I watch them, and then I put them into playlists, which is basically the curation part of it. Um, with that, like Vivo also has like, you know, they're on Excite, they're on Pluto TV, they're on Roku. So they're all on these platforms as well. So like curating for those TV programs are also something that we do. So like the videos that we get sent in, obviously like, you know, we want videos that are of quality and, you know, something that we can show on our platforms. So not just, you know, YouTube, but also on like, regular linear TV as well and You know, curation is a little different in my world. I think when it comes to artists, like creating their, like, you know, videos and all that stuff. And especially with the pandemic and all that, people got really creative, like artists got super creative. And for us, like the more content that you put out there on your YouTube page, the more the algorithms are like in your favor. So what we like to say, you know, even if it's a BTS or something that you put on your phone and you're putting it into your, like, um, Your page, that all counts for something. So, like, you know, making sure that you have, like, you know, your channel set up correctly with the videos. And then you have, you know, behind the scenes or like playlists that you wanna promote. So that's kind of like the curation. And it's super important because it does help people find, you know, you. And then it also shows, like, all of the, you know, all the stuff that you've been doing.
1: Got it, for sure. And Ebro, you know, a lot of people here, they know the face, Mm. they know the voice, they know the beard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <The beard. laughs> but you know your title it, it's the longest title here. <laughs> the longest title here. Global Editorial Head of Hip Hop and R&B at Apple Music. And you know curation is a big part of your job, but you know for the people that are just getting familiar like what exactly do you do at Apple?
0: Um well I oversee a group of people that program playlists um in the hip hop, R&B, space, Caribbean music, gospel. Um you know, but I also do a show at Apple Music where I curate and pull together, you know, music from all over the world and create a vibe and, you know, being a, whether you're a DJ or a selector or you're hosting a radio show, you know, whatever you're curating, um, it's about creating a vibe and creating a location, a destination for people to come in and, uh, and access some, some, some energy. And, you know, um, I think some of that is, um, knowing the audience that you're targeting, right? So knowing who you're talking to, uh, knowing what, uh, and how to serve that audience, whether it's serving, um, a consumer based on the day of the week, based on the weather outside, based on geography, based on mood. Um, you know, there's so many different ways to curate, um, you know, based on your intended goals. And so, uh, at Apple, you know, I'm, I'm working with a team, uh, to do all those things, uh, whether we're doing it through Apple music, uh, one, which is our radio station, whether we're doing it through playlists, whether we're doing it through algorithmic stations that exist inside, um, whether we're doing it through pulling in DJ mixes and things that we feature in the service. Um, so there's just a number of ways to curate content. So, but that, but that, in a nutshell, is, is my job to keep an eye on on those things with my team um, and just try to refine and and uh, make our processes as efficient as possible.
1: Appreciate it for really breaking it down because you really, you know, you touched on a lot of the things that we're, we're about to cover right here. There's a lot of up and coming artists, like I said, and not even only up and coming artists. There's artists that have been in the game for a long time, but they really are still trying to figure out how to get to that next level. And we know we know in 2021, curation and playlisting and streaming is such a crucial part, part of that, of, of getting to the quote unquote next step. Um, so first off, you know, one of the problems that a lot of artists themselves, they, they face and they're curious about is... They don't even know what curation is. Like they have an Instagram, they have a Twitter, and they think, okay, I can just post a bunch of stuff to my accounts. I'll tag Ebro. I'll put a bunch cool. of you know fire emojis on their on their Mika's account, and they, they think that's kind of like building and interacting. Um, but yeah, first of all, like wh- what advice would you give to artists that are like, okay, I don't really know what curation is, but h- how can I curate my own content and you know put my own package together before I present it to Complex? Before I present it to Apple or Vivo? Um, and Maurice, I guess if we can start with you, man. What, what would you say would be like the best way for artists to even begin, you know, curating their own content
2: themselves, their own musical catalog, their own art, whatever it is? Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, it's, it's not easy. There's a lot of people competing in a very small space uh, for the same eyeballs, right? We're all sort of in the same game. where We're competing for eyeballs and, and, and ear holes. And um, I guess the first step really is just realizing that that's something you need to do like curating your content is a step you need to take. It's something you need to take seriously. Um, You can't be a, you know, gospel singer uh, with a lot of religious things all week. And then, you know, turn up in magic city on, on one day on your page. Like it doesn't make sense. And, I mean,
0: I mean, mean, depending what, what Listen,
2: the right artist? No, but no, but I'm just, I, I, I sincerely believe like, uh Ibra actually touched on something. He said the 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 magic word in a lot of ways, which is um the goal. Like what is the goal of the content? Uh and that's generally where you should start, right? Like, is this something to drive engagement? Is this strictly to get people to to answer you and to and to be interacting with you on your page? Is this something to drive audience, to to get more followers, to get more likes, et cetera, et cetera? Um, is this letting the audience know that you have varied tastes and doing something off the beaten path to be able to expand your audience. Um, in curating yourself and in curating for your audience, you have to understand them. You have to understand what you want um, and then understand what you're delivering and like, honestly look at um, the whole of your content, whether that's on your social media page or, or, or wherever, um, and cut and refine and tailor and try to really narrow it down and figure out you know, it's, it's K Y A. Know your audience. So, what are they drawn to, and what do you want them drawn to? So, that's a lot, and a lot of those things are heavy. But realizing that you should curate is probably step one, and then knowing the audience and taking those small steps from there is, is are, are probably the the following steps. That's real, man.
1: And real quick, before we move on to Mika, I just want to say for for artists out there that are trying to get in touch with you and, and trying to pitch you something, when do you think is like the best time for an artist in their career to to really, you know? send an official pitch to to Complex or to
2: hire a publicist to to do it for them? It really varies from artist to artist and situation to situation. Um, you know, I, I get a lot of those PR emails, like I'm sure everyone here does. And some of them, honestly, you'll just gloss over, right? Like they, they sort of have the all caps lead and they want to let you know about this big thing that's happening right now. But uh, personally, I've always been drawn uh, to creativity and to trying something new. I mean, whether that's... Um, you know, sending a PR email, introducing a brand to what you have to offer, or um, you know, just trying to get an internship somewhere. I mean, it, it, it behooves you to be different than the crowd, to try to stand out in one way or another. Um so if you have that that sauce, you know, early in your career and you're you can catch people's eye with either the, the actual product, the music, um, or just a, a creative way to get in front of someone like myself or anyone in this in this call, um go for it. But um, I would also add to that, don't be discouraged if it falls on deaf ears and uh, to be consistent, which is something I'm sure we'll talk about later on. But um, I don't think there's a, a formula to say, like, write this style of email and you'll definitely get responses. That's not how the game works. Sure.
1: And I hope a lot of artists out there took notes and they're not just sending blank wild emails with MP3s attached <laughs> and all that crazy stuff. Um, but <laughs> We just heard, you know, some of the things that Maurice goes through at work. But for you also, I, I know you get a ton of pictures from artists like, hey, how can I get one of those those Vivo live performances? How, how can I get in your programming? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what would you say is like the first steps for, for artists to curate their content first and then bring it to you? Okay, so
3: first and foremost, having a Vivo account is always a good start. Um, I think a lot of people forget <laughs> like, you know, what or who they're promoting, like, you know, who they're reaching out to. So... First and foremost, yeah, it's in order to get, do anything with Vivo. You do have to have a Vivo account. I know it's a little confusing with the YouTube and Vivo and what the difference is. And, you know, it is like we are working together. So it's not like, you know, we're, we're competing or anything. But once you get your Vivo page up, then you could come and, you know, start, you know, putting things up on there. Okay. Delivering to us, making sure that, you know, you're reaching out to our label reps that we have internally and being like, Hey, you know, this video is coming out. Um, we would like promo for it and this and that. And so, you know, and it reaches out to me or like whoever the programmer is for that, um, for that, um, the genre of music. So, you know, it is It's just like once you create that pathway and then you start delivering regularly and we start seeing like, oh, this person is really like engaged and is doing so much. We are more like more often to reach out to you and be like, hey, you know, we have this program, blah, blah, blah. And we always, always sit down with artists. Like if you ever want to be like, hey, you know, I don't understand, you know, what Vivo is or how to get more noticed or whatever. We're always down to like, you know, sit down with someone and just take it and like be like give them the, the guidelines because we're here to help. Like we're not trying to, you know, somehow just elevate the people that are already, you know, noticed. So it is it is a cool place, but like you have to really know how to navigate, and that's like being consistent, which is what you know Maurice was talking about, and like you know really knowing who you are trying to reach out to. Like do your research, do your Googles. Like we're all out there, we all have our titles out there, and like you could you know, we're, we're always open. I feel like, like always.
1: Exactly. Just, just kind of come, come with the right package. So Yeah. Like
3: just be, just be real. Just be like, Hey, you know, this is my intention. This is what I want to do. And you know what? Like me being in this for a while, like I've, I've sat with so many people from like bigger names to smaller names to everything in between. And it's just like, you know what? I'm here to, to, you know, run down this, like like everything with you. <laughs> so it's cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely. Um Ebro, man, like you've really seen the game while from your days in, in in the West Coast on the radio, from hot 97 being the PD to being a host and now doing um the editorial at, at Apple. For you, like what what advice would you just kind of give the artists before they even try to present something to you before they even come to you? Because on your show you do have Brand new artists, but then you do also have veterans, the Sam Smiths, you know, uh, the Waynes, every, everybody that's that's been doing music for a long time.
0: Um, I would say you got to build your community first. You know, um, we talked um, so far about, you know, people curating. I think most people out here are already curating, like you're already doing it. The question is, um, is it good? And good is really determined by level of engagement, right, from the audience that you're trying to attract. Um, and so, um, that's what you need to be focused on is building that two-way relationship between your community. I mean, you know, before it was social media, we was looking into neighborhoods to see who was rocking the high schools and who was rocking the parks, you know, the parties in the parks and who was rocking the, you know, the block parties. And, you know, we was looking around and we might go to a club in the Bronx and hear something, but it doesn't mean it's getting played in Jersey. You know, it doesn't mean it's getting played in Brooklyn, and so, you know, we would watch artists try to, you know, really take over and build a groundswell of community support. Um, and because that way, when your story is shared, like yo, you know, Queens is really fucking with this. You know what I mean? And then people would be like, oh, okay, that's what Queens is on right now. Okay, that's okay. I get it. You know what I mean? And you know, t- it gives people context. <laughs> you know, for you know how they should engage with the content. Um, and that's also something that I think is, you know, that's why, you know, the TikTok challenges are so big and these things are so big is because it's a tutorial on how I'm supposed to engage with this song. What is this song? How do I use this piece of content and make it a part of my life so the, you know, for a lot of people, the short one is, you know, just do a dance to it. And that's what, you know, but back in the day, people would be like, <laughs> yo, this that joint you drive to right here. This the driving joint or this the workout song or. You know, this is my, you know, this is my anthem, the barbecue anthem. They would tell you where the song works, you know what I mean? And so that type of curation um, is also, I think, highly useful today, too. So for young artists, when you're putting a song together, you know, imagining how the consumer would use this song in their life in a real way and make it a soundtrack to their life is often a useful kind of shortcut and a key to success. Um, It's oftentimes, you know, and I think it's looked over um, how often successful legendary hip hop artists and the music was made, was taking and sampling songs that were already a part of culture and then putting rhymes on top of it because it was instantly familiar. And so that instant familiarity is the cheat code. And now my rhymes and shit that I'm going to put on top of this. Now I get to show you who I am and where I'm from on a song that you already love. And I've, you know, I've redone the song in some way. So that's kind of what that cheat code was. But I think artists, even if you're not sampling and you're doing something original, um, creating a vibe, creating an energy musically and then applying your vocal instrument to that music and the lyrics now tell me the story. So, you know, I think young artists, um, often don't, um, you know, that critical thinking of how these things happened. Um, oftentimes artists want to just, I just get me on a playlist or just get me on the radio or just, you know, instead of actually saying, wait, let me, let me, let me, let me, use my talents and build my craft and sharpen my tools and build my community so that I can, you know, have a consumer base that is, that I'm close to, that I can, you know, communicate with, that can support me. And then let me have that to build from, you know, I'm sure we could all run down the list of popular songs from artists that you're not that familiar with that don't have anything other than that song because they, you know, they, you know, there was the song blew up fast and they weren't able to develop their brand in time to keep up with how big the song got or they just, you know, that wasn't their agenda to actually build a brand. They just threw a song out and it blew up and they were like, I don't even have a plan. Um, So, and and those, those things do happen organically too. But I think for artists, if you can, building your tribe, building your community, building your fan base communicating with that fan base, creating deep engagement with that fan base uh, should supersede any other plans to go and just shoot for the biggest playlist or the biggest, you know, radio play or something like that.
1: For sure, man. I I think, you know, just adding on to that, a lot of artists today, they kind of accidentally get like a social media hit or a TikTok hit. And they're kind of in the, you know, at the the last minute scrambling, Okay, I, I didn't really Mean for my old song, to Blow Up on TikTok, with the <laughs> song I made three years ago, but all of a sudden it's hot. You know? But I've already spent my, my album budget <laughs> right. promoting the songs that I thought were going to blow up and, and the, the focus singles. But what, like, what advice for... Uh, we can start with Maurice too. Um, like, what advice would you give to artists like that that are kind of working backwards where they, they've been working the shit out of a record. It just it didn't work, but their older song that they had on an obscure playlist blew up. And so now they have to kind of
2: try to work that record. Does that make sense, Maurice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, easier said than done, right? Um, I don't think there's any shortcuts. I mean, even with with the one big record, you still have to put that groundwork in to to build that audience, even if you're working backwards, right? I think uh, Ibro again touched on something. Um, it, it, it's a lot of times going to come down to how engaged and um, how loyal your core audience is. So, any big publication or station or whatever. Um, will tend to take more notice if you have a consistent fan base or a, a, a floor, I guess, in uh, the level of engagement you get on social media or your actual actual music. Um, and that takes consistency. So I would say if you were fortunate enough, I guess, to be in a situation where something blew up, you still got to work your way back to like from the jump and try to figure out how much of that new audience, those new listeners, can you galvanize and get uh, under your, your tent to understand what you're about, to understand your sound and to champion you, you know, uh, in conversations around music. So, um, not everybody who likes that one song is going to follow you to song two or to the album or to wherever, but some should, right? Like if you believe in yourself as an artist, if you have the creative juice to be able to carve out a unique niche, um, you should be able to use consistent communication with that audience To stabilize the people you got and to grow upon that. And when you have that, that backing, um, I think it goes a long way to adding some substance to, you know, those, those emails you send out about XYZ release or about what's, what's coming next. Um, you know, again, a a lot of this stuff is easier said than done. And I don't want to make it sound as (laughs) as if, oh, just do this step and then that step, you know, that's, that's, that's not really how it works, but that's, Inherently, you know, what makes this such a challenging industry is that it's a, a popularity contest, but a popularity contest that, um, requires a, a lot of work and requires a lot of brand building from a personal standpoint. Um, and having a team that, um, has your back and just having, having a group of fans that will support you, you know, from the wax single to the one that blows up as a TikTok dance, like, you know, that's, that's going to be the core of, of, of getting noticed and getting over that hump. Um, but again i it's a lot of knowing who that audience is, n- knowing who will stick around you know from that big single and catering to the folks um who who make up that group um yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing for me is really uh being consistent in your communication, slowly growing, putting out the stuff that you believe in, and making sure that you have that that two way street to be able to um you know, make sure that they're in lockstep with where you are now and where you're going next. no definitely. You
1: re- you really got to build a brand for yourself and kind of build a presence online. And you know, like, like you were saying, a part of that is is knowing who your audience is. Who am I targeting? Am, am I targeting the kids that are home on the internet and and just you know bumping whatever TikTok song comes up through algorithm, or am I really targeting like a fan base that I've created? I, even though I only have. Five thousand Instagram followers. Every time I post something, four thousand of them comment and, and th- they, you know, interact with me or, or they buy merch. Um, you know, Mika, I'd want to know, and I know artists want to know, like, how do how do I transform my TikTok hit to a video on Vivo? How, how do I get get those eyes? And even though I don't have. A lot of money for, you know, a big budget video. I have a low budget video, but I know my song's hot. Can you help me boost this?
3: Yeah, I mean, for us, like there are a lot of artists like that, you know, the ones that are trying to be TikTok famous and all that great stuff. But like you could always, you know, you could send in whatever video you wanna send in, like you deliver it to us. It's based off of like whether or not that like it has to be good content. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't just have like, yeah, you have a low budget. But, you know, even your iPhone, like, if you have an iPhone or something, like, they take good quality, like, videos nowadays. Like, you can't tell me, like, hey, I was, you know, somewhere and it looks like you recorded something from 1980, unless, you know, that's what you were going for. But, like, you know, for the most part, like, people want to see, like, the nice, you know, everything. Like, everything has to be good. HD is, like, important. (laughs) But, like, you know, you could put up that video as long as, you know... You understand like that audience that you're going for because once we like, once I look at a video and I'm like, okay, this is that artist. And like, you know, I start seeing more of like what music they're putting out there. I'm like, okay, so this, this is going to be going into like that TikTok type of playlist and you know so i i try to push those artists in those playlists that would make sense for them and then we also have like promo on our side so we have like the end screens and the channel cards so like you know a video that has a similar artist um your little like there's going to be a little thing that says oh you should watch you know so and so's video and people click on that and it's really surprising how many like people actually find new artists that way and so you know with Like when you send in your videos and when you like, you know, come to us for that promo, we will be like putting that stuff in there and making sure that, you know, you get those eyeballs that you're, you're focusing on and not just like, you know, random, like I'm going to put you in rock when you're doing, you know, um, hip hop or EDM, you know, that doesn't make any sense. So, you know, putting them in the right frame is usually really important, especially if they're trying to go in that, that place
1: place where everybody wants to go. I think everybody out there is day by day just trying to get to the next stage of their career. And, you know, it hasn't been easy, obviously, in the pandemic and with everything going on. But really, the goal for all artists is to kind of build their own fan base. You know, right now, artists out there, whether, like I said, whether you're up and coming or veteran, you, you have a way to connect with fans directly, whether it's through your social or through streaming. Um, but Ebro, we we only have five minutes left. So I just want to get your thoughts on this before we wrap. Um, how important is it for artists to kind of own their own intellectual property and to own the rights to their, their, their own content? Like say, if you're a rapper and you want to start your own podcast network or or your own interview series, maybe you're like, I don't need to go to Apple. I'll just start my own thing on Twitch. Um, what advice would you give to to those artists who are really like, you know what, I'm gonna do it on my own. Then I'm gonna try to get noticed by you, bro. That's
0: phenomenal. Um, you know, I, the advice would be just once again, engage, find your audience, whether it's two people or 20, begin to engage with them and create some, you know, shareable moment moments to, you know, either empower that audience to, you know, preach your gospel and wave your flag or, you know, figure out some sort of marketing mechanism to get the story to a broader audience, you know, day by day and week by week, you know, you just got to keep growing it, you know, um. I never discourage anyone's past. You know, I always um you know, I always ask the question of artists and creators in general like do you want to be popping? Like do you want to be a rock star? Is that what this is about? You being famous? Is this about you being famous and making a lot of money? Is this about you just being able to um be in love with your craft? and you know pay your bills and and live a happy life like you have to decide what you're in this for Mm because i know tons of i mean forever um dudes um who you know had great careers touring europe buying homes and taking care of their families and never had mainstream success they own their music outright um they own their merch and their intellectual properties Um, You know, some good buddies of mine that I came up with, Hieroglyphics, they've owned that logo the entire time. And they still sell mad merch all over the world, put out albums when they want to. And they had, what, one bona fide hit in 1993? Right? Um, So I think... That's that's real. No, that's real, yeah. You know what I mean? And so, you know, uh, you have to decide who you want to be. You know what I mean? in, in, in as a creator, um, every path, there's so many different paths um, to in this game to monetize uh, and, and, and be, you know, whom you want to be and what will fulfill you. Because as we can all see, being the, the richest won't necessarily uh, fulfill you you know just like you know being a uh, super duper underground you know hardcore purist <laughs> some people ain't happy with that you know a few years into it so you just have to live your life go on your path be true to your heart be true to yourself um and um and and, and take the risks that the calculated risks that you know will hopefully sustain you maintain you grow your financial um Revenues, whatever it is, your goals are.
1: No, that's real. Like, you know, a lot of artists, they might not be in it for the long haul. They might just be in it for the short term. And then you have, like you said, other artists who are just about the music. They'll be cool with doing festivals, you know, 2000 2000 person festivals in Europe around Asia for the next 15 years. And chilling
0: and happy. You know what I mean? So people got to decide, you know? 100%.
1: Exactly. Um, and Maurice, we're, 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 wrapping up here soon, but I just wanted to get your last thoughts on, um, you know, how, how can artists develop their own, their own brand image? Like a lot of artists, they, again, they're, they're, they're struggling. They don't know who I, who, who am I as an artist? I know, like I make rock songs and I make hybrid R and B hip hop, hyper pop bedroom rock songs. So they're really just trying to like appeal to everyone and they don't really know who, who their, who their audience profile is. Um,
2: like, how, how can they stick out in, in, in the eyes of a, a complex editor in chief? Um, I don't think they should one hundred percent have to know who they are as an artist, but because uh, we're all growing and, and and no one is the same day to day. But um, there should be some underlying passion there in some direction in terms of the sound you want or the the brand you want to to convey. And if you don't know that yet, you know, look into your catalog, look into. Your actual performances, what, what gets the juices going? What is the, what is the direction that you feel inside that you want to go to? And, um, you know, do the math with that side of it versus what, you know, your audience so far has been, um, has been drawn to, right? So if you put out a bunch of these, you know, the more like dad rock songs, but you, you like, you like <laughs> punk rock and then the punk rock one is the one that gets all the, the attention online and like maybe that's the direction you should lean into. Um, But overall, I would just say, like, you know, like we said before, be consistent, be creative, um, bring value. And that's something that I think, uh, you know, shouldn't get lost by the wayside when, uh, when discussing these things, you should bring value to the people who follow you online. So I know we're running short on time here, but, um, you know, use, use your, your internal passion, um, and put that up against what the audience seems passionate about. And that nexus is likely where you should be headed. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us.
1: Um, our, our time's up here, but I hope everyone at home really got some game, got some insights, got some knowledge um, that'll help you when you're trying to pitch to an Ebro, when you're trying to pitch the Vivo, when you're trying to pitch the Complex and, you know, just do it the right way. So once again, this was uh, SelectCon 3 presented by United Masters. Um, the creationist key panel.
0: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, sorry, should I do some kind of outro? But was that all right? I, I didn't know how, how we was going to Yo, you got to hit
0: him with it, Mikey Fresh. You know what I'm saying? Guy? Yo, this Mikey Fresh.
1: <laughs> Smack the camera no. off. Thank you all. Thank you guys all for, for, for joining. Appreciate you all. All right. <laughs> all right later. Thanks for having
3: me. Thank you.